I'm the host of the Paul McGuire Report. We got important information for you. First and foremost, God is not finished with America yet. Let's get that settled, rock solid settled. Why would God be finished with America yet when his plan, his long-term plan, his destiny for America, embedded into the DNA of our nation and the peoples of our nation, by the Bible-believing pilgrims and Puritans, they had a vision from God based on Deuteronomy 28 that God would use America as a global center of revival, and I'm not talking about counterfeit revival, I'm talking about a biblical revival, that God would use America as a launching pad for revival and salvation that would sweep the world before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ in the last days. Now, the pilgrims solidified that in a covenant with God based on the covenant that God made with Abraham, and he gave Abraham and his physical descendants the the land of Israel as an everlasting covenant, which simply means God didn't yank the chain on the covenant he made with Israel just because in the future Israel was idolatrous, broke the commandments of God, and sinned, yes, greatly before the Lord. Despite all of that, God made an everlasting covenant with Abraham, which means it's without end, which means your sins are not going to be able to block my sovereign will. Okay? Now, how how does that apply to America? How does that apply to you and me? The first thing you've got to understand, and it's not rocket science, is that God made a covenant with you, an everlasting covenant, that he would bring you into heaven, the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, that you would be born again, and that your sins would be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ if you would simply place your faith in Christ and Christ alone. So, in that covenant, that born-again covenant, and our sins being forgiven by God, Jesus, the question is, theologically, can you lose your salvation? Of course not. You can't go out and commit some sin, and God's not going to yank the chain on you and throw you into the lake of fire for all eternity. It isn't going to happen, because when you are truly born again, I'm not fake, I'm not calling about faking it. But if you are truly regenerated by the Spirit of God, you are locked in to God's covenant, and you will spend all eternity with God, and nobody, your your own sin nature, other people, temptation, nothing uh, can stand between you and God. Now, there are directives that I wouldn't personally want to tread upon, such as in the book of Revelation, where it says anyone who changes the book of Revelation, who doesn't teach the book of Revelation, or who modifies the book of Revelation, uh, God warns them that if you do that, that your, your name will be blotted out of the book of life, and you will be sent to the lake of fire. Now, I don't want to go there, the lake of fire, to find out the theological answer there. So you see how we're, we're seeing the heart of Jesus Christ, God is love. And we're seeing the the plan of God. And when God makes a plan with his people, he doesn't go back on it, even if his people do go back on it. And so, yes, the Jews and the children of Israel backslid numerous times, and they paid a heavy penalty for it. Up until this day, Israel is paying a heavy penalty for its sins before God. The Christian church in America where the pilgrims and Puritans made a covenant with God, has backslidden. We once preached the gospel throughout the world. We now preach breaking God's law and idolatry and Frankenstein humanism. Not just Frankenstein humanism, but the bride of Frankenstein humanism. And in this mystery Babylon marriage, and Babylon is the great harlot, and God's ready to judge the great harlot. What's the great harlot? It's the, it's the global Luciferian system where the primary means of control are 
sex and drugs and intoxication on power. That's Mystery Babylon. And she's a whore. And just because um, people uh, break God's laws doesn't necessarily mean, in most cases, that they're going to lose their salvation. Now, uh, if you dance with the whore, uh, Mystery Babylon, you probably will lose your salvation, because in order to finally get into the world system, Mystery Babylon, that Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum are trying to seduce you with, I'm reading about it today in my research, you're going to get an ID, a universal ID. The, The excuse, the pretense will be, you need it to protect yourself against COVID. <laughs> okay, that's excuse number one. If that fails, excuse number two is, and, and the president just signed a, an executive order on this, in order to buy and sell in, in the global society, which is what the global reset is. It used to be called the New World Order. Now it's the global reset. And in order to buy and sell, you're going to have to take this nanochip implant into your body or brain that will change your genetic code, and you will be a walking Wi-Fi broadcaster, receiver, and you will be plugged in, yeah, to Mystery Babylon. You'll fornicate with Mystery Babylon because the only way to get plugged into the hive mind or the world brain and get this nanochip implant that the Book of Revelation clearly identifies as the mark of the beast, 666, where you can't buy or sell unless you first take the mark of the beast. How do you get the mark of the beast? you got to jettison. you got to bungee jump out of Mystery Babylon. You have to leave it. Many of you have friends and loved ones. They're like Lot's wife. What was Lot's wife from? Her heart was still in Sodom. And not just Sodom as you may think of it, but Sodom was a representation of the totality of the idolatrous world system. But, but Lot's wife, she, she, her heart belonged to Sodom. And so God for, forbade anybody to turn around and look at the destruction that was coming upon Sodom. But guess what? Lot's wife had to turn around. She had to get one last look at Sodom. And when she turned around, God judged her, and she was turned into a pillar of salt. Boom. Like, like a frozen statue. So, what does this mean? It means that you and I are in a hyper-acceleration mode, a time zone in history unlike any other that has ever been upon us. And you need to know what the truth of God's Word says, because the only way you're going to make it into heaven, and the only way you're going to have the power to be an overcomer in a world of artificial intelligence. And what is the purpose of these strategic and deliberate mass famines, mass, mass droughts, mass food shortages, uh, all these pandemics? What is the hidden agenda? It's to create a global ghetto, because the, the experts advising the globalist elite know that the best way to enslave mankind is through poverty, break his or her spirit. And America was under the blessing of God, the only nation with a viable middle class. America was the only nation that could even conceive of an American dream, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And now, my friends, now, my friends, because of our apathy, because of our our idolatry, because of our uh, breaking the commandments of God, guess what's happening? Exactly what God warned his people about from Genesis Genesis to Revelation. God warned what would happen if you turned his back on him. So America, the vast percentage of the body of Christ in America, the the, the so-called new normal among uh, Christians, not all. There's There's a sizable exception and a notable exception. But I'd say approximately 70%. That's a conservative estimate. Their churches refuse to teach the book of Revelation in total defiance of God. They refuse to stand up for righteousness and the light of the truth of Jesus Christ. They get stiff-necked and rebel uh, at the very thought that they should take a stand in love, God is love, to take a stand 
uh, against things like child sex trafficking. Man, if you can't get uh, righteously indignant about the horrors of, of, of child sex trafficking, where's your head? Where's your conscience? Time is running out. And I thank you for your prayers for me, Paul McGuire. And I just want to say this one thing, and it's really, really important. Time is running out, and my brand new book, Power from on High, is at the printer now. You can order it by going to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Get Power from on High, because guess what? We can't do anything that God has called us to do unless we first have power from on high. Do you know what I'm saying? We've got to have power on on high. That's what Jesus said. The church is trying to do a superhuman task with the power of mere men and women. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But together, in Christ, and that's why I wrote Power from on High, you can get it at paulmcguire.us. Together in Christ, if we obey Jesus and seek the Father and cry out to God in prayer and repentance, and seek his face, and really do business, kingdom business, not not kingdom monkey business like the evangelical church does, not playing church like most of the church does. Because let me tell you something, monkey business and um, playing church isn't going to cut it in the last days. You understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? You better be prepared. Are you ready? There's only one, one way you can ultimately be ready. You have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you must clothe with power from on high. God bless you. I'm your brother in Christ, and remember, God is love, and the world knows that we are his disciples because we love one another, and we love the lost. You know, we're supposed to love the lost. That's how you win them. You don't scream at them and condemn them like a sociopath. You've got to love the lost, and we have to love one another. I'm Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Hi, this is Paul McGuire, back in the studio again, and we're talking about what's happening in America and around the world. We need to understand that geopolitical indicators of all kinds, such as the interruption of manufacturing, exporting, and importing, uh, has dealt a significant blow to our economy. Uh, the depreciation and the uh, seismic activity surrounding uh, the value of the dollar or the petrodollar as the world's currency is damaging our economy, and it's damaging economies all around the world. But there is an unholy alliance, if you will, between China and Russia, and they want to, along with other uh, BRICS nations. They want to rush in to fill the void and create a new global currency that is based on uh, business and commerce that will be built uh, along what the Chinese have called for centuries. But, but this has been known for thousands of years. It's a, it's a new Silk Road. And what is the Silk Road? The Silk Road is the is the old road, and it's been uh, refabricated. But there was a time in history where every great empire uh, had to be located near a river. So you take the Sumerian Empire or the uh, uh, Babylonian Empire or the Egyptian Empire, and you go down the list, and all of these empires, the centers of these empires, were near a, a body of water. And that's because water and, and boats uh, transported, uh, imported and exported the massive commerce 
and business of those ancient empires. Now, at a certain point in time, however you want to deduct how man made a horse uh, a domesticated animal, I don't want to get into that, but uh, let's just call it with the advent of the horse. And by that, I mean, I don't mean evolution. I mean the fact that the horse came into being as, as a viable substitute for empires having to be near water. And so the first people that began to sell their, their commerce and their goods, etc., were the ancient uh, uh, tradesmen. You know, they were selling uh, carpeting, they were selling spices, and they were selling a, a great variety of things. But now they would uh, pack it on camels and horses and, and wagons, and they would travel through this old road. It, you know, it, the road was extremely wide. But the road would take them from one end of the planet uh, to China. And it basically would, uh, the, the Silk Road would travel across uh, a geographic territory that was called uh, Eurasia. And Eurasia, quite simply, is the consolidation of the European nations, uh, what became Russia, the Germanic nations, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, it was uh, uh, Brzezinski of the Trilateral uh, Commission, Rockefeller's uh, handpicked boy, who in his books, which I studied, he, um, the book was called Between Two Ages, and Brzezinski very clearly and, and succinctly hammered home uh, this uh, previously existing geopolitical idea, which was simply this the superpower, the super civilization which dominates or controls Eurasia will control the world's economics and money and politics. So Brzezinski's message to America and the world was, and he was a globalist, you control Eurasia, you control the world. Now, that kind of went uh, on the back burner for a while, because America and Britain uh, especially in 1914, with the beginning of the um, Federal Reserve Act, we began printing money from nothing. And we would print worthless paper dollars, but they were backed by the religious faith, if you will, of people who believed that it had value. So we dominated the world's ec economy for a long time, us and the Germans and the French and the British and secretly, the, the, the coordinating center of all this uh, was the Bank of International uh, uh, Settlements, which you hardly ever hear about, uh, but, it's, but it controls this uh, global economic system. Now, we're going to talk about this some more. I deal with it in my brand new book, uh, Power from on High. I also deal with it in my book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. And I analyze what Brzezinski said about Eurasia. I analyze about where we're going. But the takeaway for you is, unless things change very radically, but we're in a very dangerous place right now because it appears that there are very powerful unseen forces that are seeking to destroy the economy of America, to destroy the middle class and working class of America, so that America will be forced to come to its knees and bow before this great reset, this global government that, that's rising. So go to paulmcguire.us, get yourself a pre-order discount, and you can order Power From On High uh, for a discount. Order it now while that discount's still available. This is Paul McGuire. We'll be back in just a moment. You are now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Okay, so Brzezinski, who was head of the uh, Trilateral Commission with Rockefeller, a globalist, globalist, 
and he said that Eurasia, the nation or superpower that dominates Eurasia, which is that that great landmass between China, all across Europe, Russia, and it's like it's the axis, it's the geopolitical and economic axis of the world. Now, right now, the backdrop, which you're not hearing about in the controlled Orwellian mainstream media. You're not hearing the truth about what's going on behind the scenes with the the economy in America and the world and the Ukraine and Russia. What's happening is there is a a titanic struggle right now, an all-out battle right now, between America um, and other superpowers, most specifically China and Russia, who have a secret deal uh, and other BRICS nations like Iran, etc. And they are using every strategic means at their disposal, covertly and overtly, because our administration appears to be asleep. And they are seeking to topple the dollar, the supremacy of the dollar, topple the dollar as the world's currency, topple the petrodollar. And if that happens, this is this is such a critical uh information, and, and why you would be deprived of this information and have this information censored from you, because it's going to radically affect your life, <clears throat> is a danger and a warning sign. So this is the projected scenario that I believe is going to play out. <clears throat> and I'm not the only one. There are a lot of people thinking along lines. So they want to destroy the petrodollar. Now, There are many covert means, there are many plans of attack designed to destroy the dollar's supremacy and the petrodollar. And this is what you have to understand. Behind all of these so-called crisis events, you know, bordering on human extinction-level events, but behind all these crisis events, the occult operating principle still is in motion, order out of chaos. And what they want to do is they will literally make up a hallucinatory crisis. That's why it's called a manufactured crisis, because it doesn't really exist. It only exists as a viable reality in the minds of countless millions of Americans and Europeans who are living in an alternative reality or a virtual reality, because they are subjected to uh, endless hours of brainwashing, mind control and social engineering. So in their hallucinatory world, they're not looking at the world like you and I are. We're looking at the world based on truth, facts, objectivity, hopefully logic. They're looking at the world through uh, a Cinderella story, through their imagination. They're looking at a fairy tale world. The only problem with fairy tale worlds is the fairy tale inevitably ends and the nightmare begins. So. China is playing for keeps. You know, they, they have a military uh, of men. They have, this is just part of their massive male military. They could, if they wanted to, send one million heavily armed troops into the United States of America or Europe or NATO or wherever they wanted to. Now, no, I don't care what kind of weapons you have. That's a formidable force to try to withstand. So they're maneuvering behind the scenes. They're making money on this COVID virus. They're, they're making money on the wrecking ball to our economy. The purpose of this, it's a, it's a desperate defensive maneuver by America, by Britain, by Germany, by NATO, to try to perpetuate and continue on the alliance between Great Britain and America and Germany and France and NATO, because America's economic prosperity largely rests on its ability to control the world economic system. And the only way you do that uh, in in the big way is you uh, control, you have to have the currency that the whole world uses, but you have to control that currency. You understand what I'm saying? If we lose control of this currency, then they become, overnight, the dominant player. They invent a new currency based on their technology and their resources. And most of all, 
they switched the world over from a petroleum dollar, an American European dollar, they switched the world over to what's called a Silk Road dollar. And that's when the world, thousands of years ago, converted from empires who conducted all their business because they were located by rivers, and then they switched over to to uh, men who were selling products on horses and, and, and wagons and stuff, and across the Eurasian continent. And so this became the new, or at least the alternative, method of importing and exporting the new Silk Road. So that fell apart for a long, long time because of the power of America and Britain. This power took off in 1913, 1914 with the passage of the Federal Reserve Act. And the passage of the Federal Reserve Act is when America gave up control of its monetary system, of its banking system, of its ability to print money, to control the interest rate, to uh, control recession, to, to control economic policy. Our crooked politicians on both the Republican side and the Democratic side sold us out to the international bankers largely located in Great Britain, like Rothschild, etc., um, and, and a certain influence from uh, uh, American international bankers. And these international bankers pounced on the control of our monetary supply. And then, all of a sudden, within months, our entire monetary supply, our entire American money system, which the Constitution says needs to be controlled by we the people, or at least our governmental representatives who are following the will of the American people. And the will of the American people at that time was very, very intensely furious about the prospects of what was called a European Central Bank. Because all a European Central Bank is, is it's a facade, it's an illusion that allows people like the Rothschild dynasty and these other international banking family dynasties to set up what's called a central bank. And through these European central bank, at least one is in every major nation in Europe. Through these central banks, Rothschild and the international bankers controlled the politics, the military, the standard of living. They controlled everything. They controlled who was prime minister, who was president. They controlled absolutely everything through the charade or the covert financial mechanism known as the central bank. So Americans weren't stupid and brainwashed to the degree that they are now in 1914. In 1914, a lot of Americans knew that uh, central banks were designed to take control of America as a stealth operation from the international banking family. And they tried to fight it off. But the international bankers simply changed the name from central bank to the Federal Reserve System or the Federal Reserve Banks, and America was sucker punched, and we gave up the total control of our economic system and our monetary system to international bankers who created the Federal Reserve. We were not allowed to know who these international bankers were. We were not allowed to know their names, what the budget of the uh, Federal Reserve was. We were not allowed to know anything about their plans for our economy. They were not, we were not allowed to know what, how they were going to set interest rates and deal with recession and inflation and all the rest of that stuff. And it isn't it strange, very shortly after they passed the Federal Reserve Act, which I call the Great Heist, we had, guess what, the Great Depression. Now, the Federal Reserve is still in power. They control everything. Kennedy spoke out on it. He didn't live very long, did he? And he warned about it. People are now uh, raising their voices, and this is why they're raising their voices. Because these same international bankers who created the Federal Reserve, now listen carefully to the, if you don't already know it, many of you already know it, but listen carefully to the, the real purpose of the Federal Reserve Bank. The real purpose of the Federal Reserve Bank is to cause nations, including America and Great Britain and France and nations all over the world, the purpose of the Federal Reserve Bank is to coerce and seduce those nations to borrow billions and sometimes trillions of dollars 
and get into in, get into massive debt by taking loans from the Federal Reserve, paying the Federal Reserve, not America, massive interest rates to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars, in some case trillions of dollars. And the Federal Reserve, by the way, the whole time, is <laughs> printing money from nothing. You really have to understand that if you don't. If you do understand it, more power to you. By the way, I explain all of this in my books, and I have been for 30 years. In my book, The Day the Dollar Died, I explain the Federal Reserve simply. In, in my books, uh, Prophecy of the Future of America, I talk about Rockefeller's role. Uh, I talk about the economic system uh, in the greatest battle for the hearts of minds of mankind in the history of the world. So, and in the new book, Power from One Eye. But here is the critical issue. They conquered the world by getting everybody in debt. Did you ever notice why our politicians in America uh, don't care about how much debt we get into? They never seem to care. It's as if they had unlimited pocketbooks. And in a hallucinatory sense, they do have uh, endless deep pockets. That's because the Federal Reserve will... will you, you need to understand this. And again, I don't want to talk down to anybody. Many of you may know this. But at the highest levels of our world, it's being run by an occult, an occultic system. When you understand that, you will understand the way the world works. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. And I want to continue talking about the power of the Federal Reserve System. And, and what that means to you and to me and to people all around the world. And uh, you need to know that the Federal Reserve System is a control mechanism uh, from the international bankers to control the world. Now, the other thing that you, that you should know if you don't, and I explain this in my books, that's why I push my books, is not just it's a means to keep this ministry Float. It's also a means, the best means I know of educating people, because you won't find this information. For the most part, uh, it's hard to find credible sources that will give you this information. So you have to understand and literally master this fact. The world system that you and I live in is exactly the world system that the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation when it speaks of Mystery Babylon. And notice about that the Bible in the book of Revelation talks about how the mighty men of the earth, the, the great merchants, the powerful business people, they are all fornicating with the great harlot, Mystery Babylon. Now, what does that mean? That means it's, it's more than a literal fornication. They are, especially for Christians, because Christians who are fornicating with Mystery Babylon are in a bad place. Uh, Mystery Babylon is the great whore. It goes all the way back. It's the secret of secret societies going back to ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel. The, the, the pyramidical Tower of Babel uh, is, is the fountainhead for Mystery Babylon. And symbolically, you will always see the secret societies and the occult Luciferian global religion operate and they reveal themselves in symbols and architecture. So if you go to uh, Washington, D.C. or the Vatican, you'll see a, a gigantic womb-shaped building uh, in Washington, D.C. It's the uh, uh, building that faces directly to a phallic. The U.S. Capitol is a womb-shaped building. And you can see from there a giant phallic symbol. And I don't need to explain to you what a phallic symbol is. Phallic symbol, uh, for those of you that failed, I don't even want to make a, a joke about sex ed right now. It is horrific, and it's an abomination what is being shown to our children visually, what they're encouraged to participate in. It is the downfall of our nation, by the way. The Christian parents don't get off their posteriors and do what's right. I'm not asking you to. Do, I'm not asking you to do anything else, but one thing: do what is right. And God made. I know I'm going off a little bit here. But I can't contain myself. God, the importance of the purity and innocence, 
and, and the joy and the beauty that, that God put into young children is, is beyond measure. God loves little children. Now, God severely warned people in the New Testament that anyone who was guilty of causing any of the young ones or the little children to stumble, what would that mean, to stumble? That means that like anyone who would be the person causing a young child to stumble or fall away from the truth or fall away from God or fall away from his commandments. That's what Jesus said. Uh, Jesus then said, it would be better for that person that they tied a millstone, that's a giant heavy stone, that they tied a millstone around that person's neck and threw him in the ocean or a deep river, and that the person who was the cause of causing the young child to fall away would be killed with a millstone tied around his neck and thrown into the ocean and drowned. That is revealing to us the severity and the pain, and yes, the righteous anger deserving of judgment that is in the heart of God towards anyone who would deliberately, strategically, systematically, and finance a sexual education, indoctrination, a social engineering indoctrination that is exposing young children to every conceivable and beyond our conception. I don't want to get into porn, orgies. There's nothing. There's nothing they're not showing the children and demonstrating, and they're telling the children with this gigantic sexual uh, indoctrination that you've got to embrace all of it because it's the new normal. And your parents are out of it. They don't know anything about this. So what those people are doing, and notice that this ultimately comes from the globalist elite, Julian Huxley. Uh, helped set up the sex education courses from UN. He's the brother of Aldous Huxley, author of Brave New World. And they are programmed children. But their goal, do you think the devil is interested in your sexual pleasure? Well, let me, let me inform you. The devil doesn't give a hoot about your sexual pleasure. So if anybody happens to be listening to the Bull McGuire Report and has some UFO-based notion that the devil is in the business of providing people with opportunities for unlimited sexual pleasure, and God is like the infinite prude who wants to deprive you of pleasure. Because, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of people in the world actually believe that right now. And that's because Christians have not taken a stand in the spiritual battlefield regarding sexuality. And we have the sexuality that we have primarily taught our culture and our children for the last thousands of years, this is our message, basically. No, 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 you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. That's our whole message. Now, unfortunately, that is not an effective deterrent to motivate people to want to embrace the paths of God and the Word of God regarding their sexuality, because it comes off. And I was raised in an atheistic, secular humanist family, and I was taught by my parents and their intellectual friends this message, and I tell the story in Power One High. I was taught at a very young age that Christianity was a religion for losers, literally, and that Christianity was anti-sex, anti-love, anti-joy, and I believed it. Christians had a perverse hang-up of all regarding all sexual pleasure, even in marriage. Now that's that's not an effect. So what was the how effective was that when the world radically changed because of an ever-present media? It wasn't effective. It's not effective today. We owed our children and our culture <clears throat> and ourselves and our churches. <clears throat> We owed the people we say we love and want to save, especially our children, <clears throat> more than a theology of no, you can't do that regarding sexuality. And this is my last few seconds in the diversion. It's amazing how Christians, in their, in their zeal to do right, 
And I truly believe Christians want to do right, but they're not being strategic. They have forgotten that it is God himself, God the Creator. Now, please bear with me on this. It's God himself, God the Creator, who created sexuality, who created sexual pleasure. Now, for some of you, you're going to have to put your safety belt on, because you, I know you haven't heard this in church. I've preached in a church, Paradise Mountain Church. So put your safety belt on if you've been going to a church that believes in retreating from the culture. But guess what? It was God who created the orgasm. Get over it. And he created the orgasm. And this is the kind of robust, high-powered, apologetic, and theological defense that we need to be putting forth to our children and our culture. Notice technology has gone broadband. And and we're talking to the world through a string telephone with two uh, uh, plastic Dixie cups at either end. God created sexuality. Now, God created guidelines about how and when human sexuality should be Promoted and very simple. God the Creator, His fundamental mandate is to be fruitful and multiply. That only comes about through one activity. You understand that, right? So, God, in His infinite wisdom, made the sexual activity between a husband and wife because God was seeking children. God was seeking children. So, it wasn't it wasn't about the deprivation of pleasure. It was about the promotion of children. And so how do you motivate men and women, especially men who may not be interested in having children, to be responsible, to deny themselves, to sacrifice, to plan for the future? How do you get and motivate mankind, which has now fallen, to do all these things? How do you get men and women motivated to, to be fruitful and multiply? And produce babies. So, what God, being very smart and very strategic, made the sexual act so intensely pleasurable. And I'm not going to go into the specifics, but your 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 sensory organs are filled with inputs designed to, to enhance sexual pleasure. Your body chemistry, your neurological changes. You know, you go during the. I, I'm trying to be polite. But I have to be truthful. The neurological changes in the biochemistry of your mind put you into a high euphoric state during orgasm. Don't go get offended by that. That's the why you were born. What motivates people to get married and have babies is the intense pleasure spiritually, emotionally, and biologically in the sexual act. And so God is not uptight about sex. Get over it, okay? He just has guidelines, like don't fall off the edge of the Empire State Building. Really simple, okay? Now back to the other thing. Isn't it interesting that God's primary mandate for mankind is to be fruitful and multiply? God, who created everything, including the earth, knows that the mythology of uh, sustainability is a demonic fairy tale. God created the earth to be unlimited in its capacity to house countless billions and trillions of people comfortably. Just get in a jet and fly over different parts of the world and see that most of the world has no men or women living in it at all. What causes scarcity is greed, theft, crime, Stuff like that. So, the earth God created to sustain all the people he wanted to be fruitful and multiply. Now, did God do that because he was a sadist and he wanted everybody to have riots and kill each other? No. God did that because he, God, is, God is love. And God's greatest desire is that every single boy or girl born should be saved and they should be in heaven with him to live in paradise forever and ever. That's God's ultimate goal, because God is love. So everything God does is motivated by love. The globalist elite don't know God. They walk in spiritual darkness. 
they're Luciferian. And they believe the lie <coughs> that um, we're, we're running out of everything, running out of energy, running out of food, uh, you know, climate change, overpopulation. And uh, the biggest problem is overpopulation growth. So you notice that the Luciferian globalist elite believe regarding the biggest issue, which is population growth. They believe a lie that excessive population growth is the number one destroyer of mankind. They believe that. And that, that and because of that, they believe they have a, like 007, they believe, the globalist elite believe secretly that they have a license to kill. And that they believe, I'm telling you, they believe this <clears throat> like dogma, like doctrine, <clears throat> like we should believe the Bible, be fruitful and multiply. <clears throat> and as such, they believe they have a license to kill, that might makes right. That's why they invented the mythology of evolution. And in a moment, we'll be back. This is Paul McGuire. This is Paul McGuire. So they believe they have a license to kill, and they employ tools of the scientific dictatorship. They employ futuristic technologies, things that many of your friends think are completely mythological, like uh, the technology of scientific weather modification. And that's been a reality since the 40s. And it was spoken about openly in a speech by the head of the CIA, and I have it heavily quoted in my book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, where he says that we, the U.S. and the world, the head of the CIA, is going on record at the Council on Foreign Relations, I have it in my book, The Greatest Battle, and he is openly stating, and I'm quoting him in the book, he's openly stating that we have, and we're using them and have been using them for quite some time, the most powerful weather modifications that there are, and that we can, through our weather modification weaponry, we, we are using this to fight off climate change. Now. That may not answer all your questions, but it certainly should answer your question. If you're in denial about the existence of weather modification weapons and think it's a conspiracy theory, then get your blanking head out of the toilet bowl and stop looking for your answer. Stop looking for your ancestors in between flushes and grow up and be a man and a woman and learn something and quit filling your mind with incessant garbage like the Bachelorette, whatever the latest, I think I'll call it Naked Island or whatever it's called. It's pathetic. You know, they laugh at you. Not all of you, the ones that buy into this stupidity. The globalist elite, they read books. Their children read books. They don't watch reality TV. They laugh at you. And they think you're imbeciles and you deserve to die. God didn't make you an imbecile and you don't deserve to die. That's why God sent Jesus. But we need to obey Jesus. We cannot fight this power with our mere human power. We're in a battle, and the only way we can win this spiritual battle is by obeying God <clears throat> and crying out to God for, for power from on high. And that's why I wrote the book. I knew it would be controversial. I wasn't seeking controversy. I knew after three years of fasting and praying and crying out to God, God gave me two messages for my book, Power from One High. I knew when he gave me those messages that all hell is going to break loose eventually. And I'll be called everything. Oh, he's promoting the Kundalini spirit. He's in the New Age. You know, he's promoting counterfeit revivals. And it's all, those are all lies. And, and I knew when, when I <laughs> chose the title and, and obeyed the Lord and wrote on what he wanted me to write on, I knew all hell was going to break loose. And, I, you know, I made a decision that many of you make every day. I decided that I'm going to obey God rather than men. And, and I don't care if it, they, a storm of name-calling, especially from Christians, criticism, whatever. I don't care. I'm not here on earth to please men and, and to be, uh, you know, on the top of the good old boys list. I'm here to please God. God. Uh, commanded me to write on these two topics. I didn't pull it out of a hallucination. They're taken directly from the Word of God, and they're a product of rightly dividing the Word of God. They're based on sound doctrine, and anybody who wants to contend that, 
then debate me live, but be prepared to be embarrassed because I will embarrass you. Not intentionally, but you don't have a leg to stand on because you don't know what you're talking about. Without power from on high, we're not going to take down the Goliaths of this age. God bless you. I'm your brother in Christ, Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Hey, I need your help. I need your financial donations and contributions. I need your prayers. I need, need you to spread the message far and wide. Partner with me or partner with somebody else, but get up and take a stand. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details